thank you, I think. Not so sure. Anyway, what a joy to be here today. What a glorious day uh, we have. You know, the sun is shining. We have breath in our lungs. Uh, we have peace in our nation. And it is such a joy to be alive. And I hope you that resonates with you somewhat. And if that doesn't, I have chocolate. So <laughs> we are going to start off um, today's serious sermon with a game. And it's called, Who Am I? What Am I? So there's going to be three rounds of it. So for all of you who are competitive, there's a few rules, okay? Um, Phil, if you can just come out and help me. So I need someone to watch the audience. So I'm going to give some clues. And whoever gets it right, you only get one chance as well. You can't just call out repeatedly, okay? Uh, and the answer is not me either, like me, my, me myself, Leanne. So whoever gets it right um, will get three chocolates, but there's one for you. And then because God always gives us more than what we need for ourselves, there'll be one for the person each side or someone around you. Does that make sense? Okay. So just go easy for anyone who's competitive. <laughs> but let's start. Okay. So who or what am I? I reside in New York. I was a gift from the people of France to the United States. Oh my goodness. I heard that. I see that hand. <laughs> Let me finish reading out. Hang on. I'll finish reading out. Come forward, Amy. Come forward. Okay. So the rest of the clues was I was a gift from the people of France to the United States as a symbol of friendship and a celebration of the end of slavery. <laughs> yes, that's fine. For, for, so you've got the rules now. Um, I inspire a sense of freedom, liberty and democracy. And the answer was the Statue of Liberty. Okay, here's our next one. This is a who am I? Don't put the next slide up yet. Don't give it away. Easy. Okay. Um, I was a world-renowned renowned Italian sculptor, painter, architect, poet. Ah, all of you who said that, you are wrong. You do not get another chance, okay? Uh, wait, so Da Vinci is wrong. It took me three years to sculpt. A you can pick... You can pick were you going to say Michelangelo, Jeanette? Great. That is the right answer. So he, he sculpted um, this character, uh, this sculpture, David, from a five metre tall piece of marble. Can you imagine? I, I can't even fathom how tall five metres is. Pretty big. Um, and he was also chosen to paint the, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel um, in Rome. It's more than 500 metres of, of space. Like, I, I don't know how big this is. But man, I'd struggle just to do our own house. We're getting someone else in to paint our house. So can you imagine painting something intricately, 500 metres worth? Well done to Michelangelo. Oh, and our last one. Thank you. Okay, this is a what am I? I have existed for thousands of years in various forms, and it is not Jesus, okay? <laughs> in 4,000, 3,000 BC, I was made from polished copper, in ancient times, a quiet pool of water worked in a similar way. In 1835, German chemist... Give that man some chocolate! So for the rest of you, 
1835, German chemist Justus von Liebig developed a process for applying a thin layer of metallic silver to one side of a, a pane of clear glass, causing the mirror to be... I didn't know that. Like, it's kind of fun, actually, preparing for a sermon. You do all this research and you learn some fun things along the way. So, But anyway, so today I'm just going to share a little bit of what um, God has been revealing to me over the past few months. And over the past few months, I've been doing a course called Colson Fellows Program. Some of you here have done it. Some of you may do it uh, in the years to come. And it's something that I would definitely recommend. Um, so there's four others who are also doing it with me this year. And two of them are from our church, Alex and Kasha. And um, Pastor Zoe, she leads it up. And it's just a... It's a great course um, and a program. And, and what I want to share today, for some of you, it's just going to be a reminder of something that you know, God has already maybe shown you. Um, for others, it may be something brand new. But I do believe that uh, what is being spoken today, there's something for everyone. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to just highlight something and that each one of us will have an aha moment. Because I've had numerous aha moments even while I've been preparing this. So just a brief outline of the Colson program. Um, so it's a program that uh, facilitates a deep dive into Christian worldview and it helps people understand the four parts of the one true story, which are creation, that God made the world and everything in it, and he made us as his image bearers. Um, the second part of the story is the fall, and that's when sin entered the world and it separated us from God. The third part is redemption. God always had a plan, you know, to, to reconcile us. Even though we were separated from him uh, by sin, there was always a plan for us to be reconciled back to him. And that was through his son, you know, Jesus, through his death on the cross. And that restored our relationship back to God. And then the final part in that story is restoration. Um, so once we're restored we then can help other people be restored in relationship to God and we can help restore the world as well to the way that God intended it, um, intends it to be. Um, and this is an intensive 10-month program uh, and I say that with seriousness uh, but also with joy as well. I'm really, really enjoying the journey of it and I'm enjoying the learning and I'm enjoying knowing that it is equipping me better to be able to have some more serious conversations with people in a very non-judgmental way about the cultural issues that are happening today in this very, very moment. So, how many of you have read something, maybe, in the past and you've had an aha moment? Maybe you've read it a second time or a third time and, you know, the more you read it, you go, oh, yeah, oh, I never saw that before. How many of you have ever sung a song only to discover the lyrics you were singing were not quite right? And then you discovered the right lyrics and you're like, ah, that makes so much more sense. Obviously some of you, because I can, I can tell you're relating to me. Um, how many of you listened to um, Pastor Caleb, Pastor Andrew's series on the faith series, journey series that we've just had. And while you might have known a lot about the story of Abraham, maybe you learnt something new during that series. And maybe even as a result, something changed, you know, in your life. Or even last week's series, a service um, and sermon with Pastor Pete, 
which was called um, Seasons Change, What Remains. How many of you had an aha moment, you know, when he said that union with Christ, you know, being with Jesus is what's important and what changes us, not doing like Christ. And so throughout my, these three months of the Colson Fellows Program, I've had many aha moments, like I was saying. And um, one of them was where we were focusing on creation as the first part of the story, of God's story. And, um, you know, just through the, the lectures and the readings and stuff, we came across this thing called the Imago Dei, which is Latin, uh, and when it's translated, it means the image of God. And it really impacted me, hence today's message being made, made in the image of God. Have you ever wondered what it's like um, or what it, what, it, what it means to be created in the image of God? Again, I've been a Christian for a while and sometimes you just forget things, you know, and it's always good to just be reminded and to ponder and to maybe go a little bit deeper. You know, have you, have you ever wondered why you were born? Why you were created? What's your purpose in life? And these are all some of the things that I've been, you know, kind of pondering and, and um, considering uh, in the last three or s three, four months. Now, this um, concept of the Imago Deo, it just, it means in the likeness or similarity to God. We're not God. God's not human. But we're created with unique abilities, which other creatures don't have, that mirror the divine nature of God. So this painting by Michelangelo, hence the reason he was one of my Who Am I people, it's called The Creation of Adam. And um, as I said, it was, it's found in the Sistine Chapel and I've never been there. I'd love to be able to go one day and to be able to just, you know, take in the amazement of um, what was done so many hundreds of years ago, uh, bringing glory to, to God. And, um, you know, some of my thoughts when I was, you know, looking at this and is, you know, God sparked his breath and his life into us for a reason. So this image, um, that's God, uh, the, the man kind of with the clothes on and the heavenly beings kind of, you know, surrounding him and he's reaching out and he's touching Adam on the other side who's naked and unashamed but he's also a G-rated image as well for everyone. For all those who are under 18, we chose a G-rated image. But, you know, God's reaching out and he's sparking life into Adam. And, you know, we're the ones on earth whom God has plans and purposes for. And we're the ones who, who can know those plans, his plans and purposes, and we are the ones who can outwork them. And, you know, another one of my thoughts is, you know, well... If humans were really, you know, if we really loved God, then we really need to love each other um, because all humans are created in God's image. So this, of course, caused me to ponder a whole lot more. What does it really mean if we are made in God's image, if humans are made in God's image? And along with um, this concept of Amago um, Day and being made in God's image comes the concept of human dignity, which is every person has a special value that is tied to being made in the image of God, regardless of their culture or their age or their gender 
or their ethnicity. Everyone deserves respect simply because they're a human being. And um, one of the webinars we were listening to, they, um, the speaker was sharing a bit around this, and he actually said, and this really struck me, and I found this quite hard to, to um, internalise, and it was like, when, when I or anyone belittles somebody else or criticises somebody else, they're actually criticising or belittling God because that person was created in God's image. And, like, I had to stop and I had to really think about this because at times I can be critical. At times I can have a um, sarcastic sense of humour, you know, which can have a bit of an undertone to it. And I had to really, you know, just watch, um, catch myself and go, wow, Leanne, that's not being um, Christ-like. That's not reflecting, you know, God's heart for that person. I might not agree with that person, but it's, I still, they still deserve my, my respect. Um, and, and it made me think of, you know, like the homeless people. They still deserve our respect as a human. More challenging, it, it made me think that those people whose so, um, their opinions are so opposing to mine, like I think of some of the government things that we've been through over the last couple of years, even some of the stuff, you know, that we're going through at the moment, some of the discrimination stuff. I'd like to criticise them and I'd like to belittle them, yet this, this concept of the Imago Dei you know, they, they are still people made in God's image. They just might not know it, and they might not be living that way, but still, um, they deserve my respect. And hopefully someone will be able to get around them, and in time, they might be able to know and discover who God is as their creator and whose image they've been made in. So, many of you know the creation story, uh, but for anyone who can't recite it, and that's when I have to think about what was created on each day, I can't always do that, but I'm going to just give you a quick rundown of that. Um, so it starts off in Genesis that the earth was formless and empty, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Then God spoke and he created the heavens and the earth, light and day, land and seas, all the vegetation and then all the water creatures, the flying creatures, the land creatures. And then God made Adam and Eve. And God did this all simply by speaking it into being. Now, I certainly can't speak things into being. But God spoke into being everything in existence. Or did he? Let's have a look. So in Genesis 1... Starting at verse um, 26, it said, Then God said, let us, meaning the Trinity, so God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, let us make man like us, and let him be head over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over everything that moves on the ground. And God made man in his own likeness. In the likeness of God, he made him. He made both male and female. And God wanted good to come to them. How cool is that? Right back in the beginning of time, God wanted good things to happen to us. And he said, give birth to many, grow in number, fill the earth and rule over it. 
Rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then God said, see, I have given you every plant that gives seeds that's on the earth, every tree that has fruit that gives seeds, they will be food for you. I have given every green plant for food in every animal of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth that has life. And it was so. And then God saw that all he had made and it was very good. I want you to say very good. Very good. good. Well done. (laughs) All right, I want you to turn to someone near you and say, God made you in his image. Well done. Good listening. Okay. So, did God speak everything on the earth into being? Okay. Let's just see. We're going to just skip ahead a few verses in Genesis, number two, Genesis two. And this just uh, gives us a bit of an understanding of um, the Garden of Eden. And starting at verse seven, it says, Then the Lord God made man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nose the breath of life. Man became a living being. So the Lord God put the man to sleep as if he were dead. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the bones from his side and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the bone which he had taken from the man, and he brought her to the man. Do you notice that God left the best part? The best part of creation till the very end. I can't resist saying this. Woman. And man. Um, Now, I don't know how God actually formed Adam, whether it was with his hands, but he formed him. He didn't just speak him. He formed him. Um, Now, I don't know how, how many of you have ever tried to form something out of dust and had it amazing, I certainly am not at that standard. But when I read this, sorry, when I read this, that God formed man, he didn't just speak man, I actually had to go and look it up in a few different versions because I didn't trust what I was reading was accurate. I just, for some reason, I just thought when I was reading the creation that God just spoke everything into being. And that's why it's important for us to, you know, speak life onto the earth. And so, like I said, I I researched this in a few different versions and like I was seriously, I was dumbfounded and I had one of those aha moments that God formed mankind. And then human life, it began with the breath of God. God sparked life into us through breathing his spirit into us. And it was very good. Now there are lots of other forces Um, in this world, you know, that try to form and shape us. But the cause and the result of that shaping and forming could be um, us living in a sense of fear and not with a sound mind. The other forces that seek to form and shape us, you know, could be trying to cause us to believe lies and not live from the truth, to isolate ourselves instead of live in relationship Things like our family of origin, where we grew up, um, our friends growing up, the society, the beliefs that we learn from childhood, all have formed and shaped us in some way. And sometimes that has maybe formed and shaped us 
bit off skew of the way that God intended us to be made in his image. Now, for me, I had this revelation, this particular little one that I'm going to share, this example, just the other day. And what I love about God, you know, is that he's always showing us new things. If we're open, he's always got opportunities, you know, that he's trying to show us stuff. And this happened to me just the other day. And um, he, he revealed to me that I actually learned to perform as a, as a young child. And, you know, like I did that because I wanted to fit in, I wanted to be liked, I wanted to be accepted. And so what that looks like for me in this one example was when I was in primary school, I, um, you know, I loved to be the smartest in the class. And so I performed and I worked really, really hard to be the smartest kid in class. Some of that was just a natural competitiveness. Some of that might have been from my parents. Some of that it could have been my identity tied into it. But nonetheless, I was a performer. Um, and then in high school, this was more of my revelation. In high school, I actually had to learn how to perform just right. Because I didn't want to perform and excel in academics because then the cool kids would think I was a nerd. Nothing wrong with any nerds. I apologise to anyone who, uh, you know, associates that way. I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> um, but, you know, but I didn't want to be too um, unsmart, politically correct. I didn't want to be that either, you know, so I had to perform to be just, just a little bit above average, you know, so that the nerdy kids would think I was kind of okay, that I wasn't dumb. Um, but then, you know, the, the cool kids wouldn't think that I was too nerdy or whatever. Uh, and so, you know, he, here am I just thinking, wow, I actually did a lot of performing to have to just try to, to fit in and be accepted. You might relate to that, you might not. Um, but then this went on and, and outworked my whole, you know, adult life as well. And one of the ways that it outworked was particularly um, probably up until, like, my 40s, you know, just I was, I was definitely a perfectionist. And this outworked, like my house needed to be, um, you know, really, really tidy. I wasn't happy with people coming over if there was mess and, and clutter and stuff. Just everything had to be tidy. And eventually, like, you know, after having kids, you kind of, your standard does drop a little bit. But still, there was that innate um, part of me that still wanted everything, maybe it was a bit of control too, just needed to have things, you know, neat and tidy. Um, and then, like, even within my work as well, you know, everything had to be done to, like, 110%, you know, to top, top percentage. And I just wasn't happy. And I think the reason behind that is because, you know, I didn't want to give people any reason maybe to doubt what I had done or to question maybe what I had done in case I was wrong, you know, and I had to be right. Um, but then I thank God that, you know, he has revealed to me, um, probably more through my 40s and definitely now in my 50s, you know, that I'm made in his image. And he loves me, not because of what I do, but just because of who I am, because I'm made in his image. And, you know, that I am good enough and I am lovable just the way he made me. And even, um, I'll just share another little quick example that you might relate to. For some reason, I... I was fearful of answering a question the wrong way, and I, I was checking back through my journal. I didn't write down what the scenario was, but just the sense that um, I didn't know the answer to something, and I felt like, for some reason, I was not enough, and the other belief that I came to was that I was defective, 
And I'm going, where the heck is this coming from? So I took it to God, and God very kindly, and, and I have a little chuckle as well as I recall this, he actually said to me, like his truth was, Leanne, I made you in my image, I am not defective, and neither are you. And that's amazing, you know, when you get the word of God, when you hear the word of God, it just, it changes everything. But it's, you know, it's only as we discover more about God that we can actually reflect him accurately. So why did God make us in his image? Uh, in Genesis 1, 28, it actually says to fill the earth, to multiply in number, to have babies, create families and communities. And it also says in Genesis 1, 28, to steward the earth, to rule over it and govern it. He made us to have relationship with him, just like he did with Adam and Eve, where he walked and he talked with them. And he made us in his image to reflect his nature and his character, his greatness, his goodness. And he did all of this because of his great love for us. And he wanted to reveal the wonder of himself to us, in us, for us, and through us. So just qualifying, like God's glory, that's just his nature, his character, his beauty, his kindness, his abundance, his gentleness, his patience. And when we acknowledge God as the source of all things good, we're actually glorifying him. So what does it look like to be an image bearer of God and to reflect the glory of God. Reflecting God's glory and being an image bearer is simply us reflecting his nature and being a mirror of his nature. Any time, any place, any situation. In 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says, we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him. So we are merely just mirrors reflecting what the spirit of God is doing inside of us. And we're becoming, as we allow the spirit to have its way, we're becoming more and more like our creator and we all, this is the NIV version, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate or ponder the Lord's glory as we discover more of what the Lord's glory is, his nature. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So again, it's just slightly different. We are being transformed, but it's the Holy Spirit who's transforming us to reflect God more accurately, our creator. So we're not the source of the reflection. We're just merely the reflectors, like a mirror. But sometimes mirrors can be dirty and they distort it. They distort the image a bit or you don't get the fullness, the fullness of the picture. Sometimes mirrors are clean and you get a much better reflection. Again, I was reading a, um, a Colson Fellows book called Making Sense of Your World, A Biblical Worldview. 
And um, I was pondering again, you know, what is the meaning of my life? So I'm having this conversation with God and just, you know, taking a little bit of time to discover this. And I just sensed God say to glorify him, to become like Christ and reflect God's glory and then to help and influence others to do likewise. And so I'm pondering this and um, I'm out walking our dog one morning and it was just meant to be me and God and the dog and we were meant to just be having some God time, some quiet time and I was meant to just be pondering what does this mean to reflect your glory? So I'm walking along and um, someone crosses my path with their dog and I'm like, seriously, you know? Yep, stopped, said hello, patted the dog, had a little conversation and on I go. And I'm just like, seriously? I just want me and God, just me and God, me and God, okay. So I kept walking a little bit. Then a car, you know, I want to reflect your glory, God. Yep, yep, yep. And then a car, you know, drives down the road just on our estate and I just give him a big wave like this and I'm going, really, God? I just want to have quiet time with you, just me and you, time together and the dog. And then the penny drops. Like, by doing a hello, a wave, a smile, a little bit of interaction, that is actually me revealing and reflecting the glory of God, his kindness, his gentleness, his friendliness, his warmth. And I'm like, God, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm asking you, I want to reflect your glory, God. And he puts me in a situation like that and I grumble because I just want me and God, me and God, me and God. And the dog. You know, so it's, it's amazing, you know, the way that God answers um, our prayers, our heart's desire, especially when he places the desire in us in the first place. And another time I was just pondering as well, I've got a few little stories for you to help you get inside my brain. I'm sitting at our breakfast table just by myself and I'm pondering the concept of meeting the needs of the city. You know, how can I help meet the needs of the city? How can our church help meet the needs of the city? How can Christians do that, you know, across our, across our nation? You know, and it's only when we become like Jesus and we share him with others. And I was thinking specifically of, like, violence in our society. There's so much around, you know, domestic violence, people getting... Um, you know, beaten and hurt for, you know, whether it's because someone's under the influence of um, drugs or alcohol, but there's so much violence. And I thought, if people actually knew who God was, and if they recognised that they were made in the image of God, and the other person, whoever they're angry with and being violent with, that they were also made in the image of God, would violence even occur? And I don't think it would. And I'm going, wow, God, you know, you've just shown to me once again, you are the answer. Um, knowing you and knowing who we are as your image bearers, that is the answer to all the world's problems that we, you know, that we face. And the ultimate reflector of God's glory, his nature and his goodness, is Jesus, who's our role model. And in Hebrews 1.3, it says, he, Jesus reflects the brightness of God's glory and is the exact likeness of God's own being, sustaining the universe with his powerful word. Now, it doesn't take a lot 
Well, actually, no, I'll rephrase that. I don't want to assume that anyone knows a lot about Jesus. But, you know, when you think of um, Jesus, his wise words that he spoke to people, you know, he knew when to speak, when not to speak, what to say, what not to say. You know, that revealed God's glory. He was acting in the exact likeness of his creator, of, of God's uh, own being. And, um, you know, Jesus reflected the glory of God through the way he lived. You know, he, just, he was just himself. He was who God created him to be. He prioritised time, you know, spending with his father. He loved God. Out of that, you know, he, he loved others. He had pure relationships. He was very generous. He was very abundant in everything he did. His kind actions and work, they reflected the glory of God. He didn't discriminate to anyone because of age or wealth or health or ethnicity. He reflected the power and authority of God when he healed the sick, you know, so, so many times. And the, the New Testament, those Gospels, um, those first four books in the New Testament, there's so many examples of where Jesus reflected the glory of God. So reflecting the image of God, it means simply we are mirrors that image, sorry, that reflect his image and his nature. It's not what we're given that reflects God's glory, but what we do with it. So a tiny and broken match can still reflect light and light up a dark place. If you think about it, if this hole was really, really dark and I struck a tiny broken match, it would still reflect light. So this guy, for those of you who don't know, his name is Nick Vujicic. That's the man. Anyway, he, as you can see from that, he was born uh, without arms or legs. He was bullied as a child. He was suicidal as a child. He lacked purpose. But he discovered Jesus. He's now married. He's a father of four children. He's a world-renowned inspirational speaker. He's an author of a book called Life Without Limits. And he has learned to turn opportunities, oh, sorry, obstacles into opportunities. And the reason that he's been able to do that is that he's discovered who he is, who his maker is, who he, who he is created in the image of, and what his purpose is. And one of his quotes that I just loved is, um, God's using my life as just one example of how God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet. And I just thought that it was very inspirational. You know, God is using this man, Nick, to be his voice piece. He might not have literal hands and feet, but he's still God's voice piece. And again, it doesn't matter what each one of us are given, but we can still reflect God's glory if we choose to. And there's just, there is one thing that will stop us from reflecting God's glory, and that's called choice. Sin, the fall, separation from God. 
fear. But God had a plan when he created us and gave us free choice. Again, that plan is Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians it says that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become our sin. And through his death on the cross, we are reconciled back to God. Jesus was always God's plan to restore us back to having relationship with him. The Holy Spirit was God's plan to live in us once Jesus no longer lived on the earth, to equip us to be able to be transformed more into our creator's image. As a result of our relationship with God, our future is secure. We get to spend eternity with God. If you know Jesus and he lives in your life and you've said, yep, come and live in my life, your future is secured. And for anyone who might not have made that decision, whether it's someone here, whether it's someone watching online at any point in time, that's your choice. You can, you can make a decision to invite Jesus into your heart and into your life. You can allow God to love you, you can allow God or Jesus to save you and you can love him in return and you can follow Jesus and love others. Just in closing, there's a great quote I came across by a man called John Piper. He's an author, a pastor, a theologian and it says, man was created from the beginning in God's image, that he might image forth God's glory. Now, if there's one thing that you can take away from today, let it be that you were created in God's image to reflect God's glory. And those around you, your family members, your work colleagues, they too are created in God's image. They might not know it, they might not live from that knowledge, but regardless, they were made in God's image. Imagine what our world would look like if we all lived and reflected our creator, the one who created us in his image. Imagine what our government would be like that brings a smile to my face. Imagine what our government would be like if they lived knowing who their creator was and that they were created in his image. Imagine what our community would look like, how different it would look. What our family or home or workplace might look like if we knew and we lived from knowing that we were made, it, made in the image of our creator. So today, God wants to remind us. He wants to rewire, maybe, some of our thinking. Remould us, reform us. That we are created in God's image. We can reflect God's love, his goodness. And we can help restore the world with the help of the Holy Spirit. We can mirror God's image, God's glory.
going to get um, Kyle to just play for a, a moment. I want you just to, to ponder, how are you going? How am I going? And I'll, I'll ponder too. You know, how are we going, reflecting the image of God? How are we going, reflecting his goodness, his greatness, his kindness, his patience, his love, his peace? His healing touch. Maybe for some of you, you're going really good. That's awesome. Maybe for some, you're not. But I want you just to close your eyes. Just allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is stopping you from reflecting God's glory. Maybe you just don't remember to. You know, when we remember, we know God's goodness in our lives and his love. It's easy to to live from that. Maybe you've forgotten what it's like to to feel the embrace of a loving Heavenly Father. Or what it was like, the joy that you felt when you first became a Christian, when you first said, Jesus, I need you in my life. And he took away all your shame, all your pain, all your worries. Jesus, we believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross to rescue us from sin and death and to restore us into a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. Forgive us for choosing to live our way and not in your love. We choose now to turn from our way of doing things, our self-centeredness, and every part of our life that doesn't bring you glory, that doesn't please you. We choose you. We choose to give ourself back to you, our creator. Help us to remember. Help us to remember we're made in your image. Help us to remember your goodness, your kindness to us. Help us to remember your great love for us. Help us to remember that you are the source of peace, you are the source of joy, and that we would mirror that to those around us. Let us be ones who would seek to know you more, to discover more about you and that as a result we would mirror what we've discovered. 
Thank you for loving us and saving us. And thank you that we don't do this by ourselves. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we partner with you, that you are the one who transforms us more and more into the likeness, into the image of our Creator. And thank you for answering our prayer. Amen. And just this week, if you're looking to go a bit deeper into um, what I've shared, I'd encourage you to read Genesis 1 and 2 and see what you can discover. And I'd love to know, if you discover something new, flick me a message, catch me next Sunday. I would love to know because your aha moment could become my aha moment as well. And then there's also some um, discussion questions as well. Some things to ponder and maybe share with someone you live with. If you're in a life group, you might want to talk about those. You know, and just share maybe, you know, have you ever tried to create something new? And then how did that actually go? And what are some different ways that humanity can reflect or mirror the glory of God? And then ponder, what is one thing that you can do this week that will purposely reflect being made in God's image because again it's no good us hearing the word we need to be doers of the word as well and mirror and reflect God's glory thank you